midfielder. Can he tee up someone in red? And it goes towards Lundgren! Hello and welcome back to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and we have our co-host uh, who is crying over in his corner, Logan Stump. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> and we have Matt Hartgrove, who feels a lot better after his nice shower. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? And it's something great. that <laughs> it's great. But it's um, but it's a little happier. Well, you know, you have a reason to as we jump right into it. Transfers, that uh, transfer we were talking about last week for Kostas Shumikas is now official. Uh, so he is Liverpool's new backup left back. Would you say left backup, and, right? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Uh, he's definitely the backup. Um, he's also now Mohamed Salah's best friend on the team. So they... <laughs> <laughs> I saw him like... They were... Uh, they sent the message yeah, to. Uh, was, uh, that's all we need uh, more tight knit Liverpool players. <laughs> yeah, because he was hanging out with us a lot before training. Um, he put it on his Instagram story, so they were like hanging out, becoming best friends. Jordan Henderson's <laughs> hanging out with Van Dyke, all nice close knit group. Yeah, so is it, does it make you feel good? Is Liverpool Twitter okay right now <laughs> that it is not Jamal Lewis, former Raven? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it's, it's kind of funny because, uh, yeah, Liverpool Twitter is pretty happy with the signing. But what was really odd was um, Norwich had a, a report come out. I don't, it was some writer, and he basically accused Liverpool of not playing a fair game when it came to Jamal Lewis. He was saying that or Norwich Twitter was very angry about Liverpool's attempt to sign him and then just went somewhere else. I mean, that's what happens. Going, <laughs> I was going to say. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good signing. I, especially if you look at the, the fixture list, you can see how congested this upcoming year is going to be uh, with it starting a year, uh, not a year, a month later. But mm-hmm. they, I believe, even though they're starting a month later, I believe they still finish around the same time. They have to because of the Euros. Yeah, so it's it's definitely good for Andy Robertson because he, right now it was James Milner. That mm-hmm. was who the left back backup was. So he'll, he'll be a good signing. He'll play, I would say he's going to start against some lower tier Premier League teams. Um, definitely, definitely start in things like the League Cup. Uh, early FA Cup games, right? Maybe even maybe even a Champions League game or two if whoever that fourth tier team gets put into their uh, bracket yeah. or group. 
So he'll he'll get his playing time, but it is nice. It's definitely a good good signing for them. Bolsters the bench. Well, we got some updates on Mario Goetze, who was linked to FC Cincinnati and Miami uh, recently, but uh, he is saying that he is preferring to stay in Europe, though there's been no team so far that he's been linked to that I have come across. So he wants to stay in Europe, and we'll see if that's where he actually ends up. Uh, we do have the confirmation of Willian to Arsenal. That came through uh, this past week. I think it was just made official Thursday or Friday uh, on a free deal. He's got a three-year uh, deal now with Arsenal after Chelsea only offered him two. The deadline for Dortmund's Jaden Sancho came and went with Sancho staying. Dortmund is being firm on this. Supposedly they keep you know, uh, there's been talk in the tabloids that they keep saying, you know, that was it. He's staying now. And that Dortmund actually want Jaden Sancho to come out and say that he's staying now as well. Uh, and I heard that Sancho is not going to force a move either is one of the other reports. So sounds like United lose their man. Uh, we talked about Weston McKinney to Hertha Berlin. That still is not official as of this moment. About that, I I read earlier today. He's he's more of a Liverpool writer. Um, well, not more of a writer, just someone who is on a fan base of Liverpool that gets some insider info. That he was saying that that deal was actually looking more to be off. Oh, really? Oh, here it is. The transfer of Weston McKinney from Schalke to Hertha has fallen through, according to Bild. B i l d. Yeah, the German newspaper. They're apparently pretty consistent or pretty accurate with their news stories. So that could be something to watch. Yeah, that'd be interesting because Schalke is really depending on that $25 million from what we heard with how their financial troubles have been. So uh, it'd be interesting if it is off. Uh, Anthony Robinson, another U.S. men's uh, national team player, is being, uh, he's on Wigan. He's being linked to Sheffield United. That happened think like right after we got off our episode he's being linked to Sheffield and Everton apparently which is his former club and AC Milan I don't know how much AC Milan is really interested in him to be honest but I mean if he goes somewhere like Sheffield I I think that would be okay Uh, Everton I'd rather him stay away from to be honest Uh, AC Milan I think that'd be okay I just don't know if he starts a lot Uh, so We'll see how it goes. That's all of our transfer news. We're going to get into some of our headlines, which includes, you know, reviewing and previewing the upcoming Europa League and Champions League matches. Uh, but real quick, first here, got to plug this in. The MLS's back tournament finished with Portland over top of Orlando 2-1. to Me and Logan both called that one last week. And Matt went with Orlando just to be different. Uh, so we would have some of us, one of us right at least. <laughs> And uh, Sebastian Blanco did win the MVP. I'm not sure if we said it on the episode, but uh, I had said that if yeah, it was kind of general consensus that if Portland won, Blanco would be the MVP, and if Orlando won, it would probably have been Nani. Uh, but, you know, the MLS has uh, continued their season as of Wednesday. Wednesday night, uh, FC Dallas and Nashville, who were booted out of the MLS's back tournament due to uh, some COVID tests, got a game underway in front of fans, and Nashville got their first ever win as a 
as a franchise in MLS. So, and they play again, I think it is tomorrow that they play again because they missed, you know, the group stage games in the MLS's back tournament counted as regular season games. So since they were kicked out of it, they got to make those three games up. So they're playing twice in this month, then one more next month uh, against each other. Moving over, we'll start with Europa League since that happened first here. Manchester United advanced over Copenhagen 1-0 in extra time. Uh, Matt, you were very close to being right on this. You called Copenhagen. <laughs> and, and, you know, to all of our uh, surprise, it almost happened. Uh, but the deflation happened in extra time when Manchester United finally got one pass. Copenhagen's keeper, who was playing out of his mind that game. Uh, any thoughts on that one before we uh, move on to some something else? I know that feels like probably ages ago, but it was only a few days ago. I know with all this <laughs> soccer, it's like, man, that seems like that was two weeks ago. <laughs> no, I think United, uh, you know, as far as playing in Europe, it played pretty well. I mean, I think they played this about as well as they could have. Um, that was kind of, I remember watching highlights. I didn't see all this game. I watched some of the highlights and it was kind of had that wall of a, a you know, of a game. It was, it was very boring, I think, <laughs> but not a, not a ton happening. Yeah, let's see here. That goal happened in the 95th minute. It was a penalty. That's right. With Bruno mm-hmm. Fernandez. That is shocking. Manchester United got a penalty. <laughs> Their 21st they penalty, which is the number yeah. one. In all top five Europe leagues, the team with the most it wasn't even a very, It wasn't even a very clear penalty. No. No. I, I don't think it was. Mar- Martial made a pretty nice dive there. Uh, we also made it look worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And we'll have some more of those type of antics coming up here. But we do have Sevilla, who advanced past Wolverhampton Wanderers 1-0. Wolves had a penalty kick. They took it and they missed it terribly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had that early too, wasn't it? Like an early penalty kick in this game that really ended up, uh, I was starting to think everything was good. Yeah, 13 minutes in, uh, Jimenez uh, misses the penalty. And then in the 88th minute, Sevilla score. And that was that. Not much else to really say about that game, I don't think. Penalty um, was awful. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> it took off off the top of his foot. And, oh, my Lord. So I Sevilla, was like, not even close. Sevilla is going to face Manchester United tomorrow from when we're recording. And hopefully the day that you're listening to this on Sunday, that would be today. Moving on to, uh, we'll save the best game for last, I think. Shakhtar and Basel faced each other. Shakhtar beat FC Basel 4-1. to one. Logan was the only one to get Shakhtar Moving on here, I think Matt and I overestimated uh, Basel there. Yeah. And that one was, like, never in doubt. Like, that was, like, I think Shakhtar scored in uh, two minutes in, 22 minutes in, 75 minutes in, 88 minutes in, and Basel pulled one back in the 90 plus two. (laughs) And then uh, the best game, Inter Milan, I almost said Miami. Inter Milan versus Bayer Leverkusen. I thought this one was going to be a blowout. You had uh, Barella score 15 minutes in for Inter, then Lukaku in the 21st minute. Havertz pulled one back in the 25th, and uh, that's where all the action ends. But, you know, there was chances to definitely level the score, but I think Inter was the better team and, and deserved to have moved on. 
And that means we get Inter Milan versus Shakhtar on Monday the 17th. So we're going to move into our predictions here for the Europa League. We'll start with you, uh, Logan. You uh, Manchester United versus Sevilla. I'm going to go with Sevilla. I'm going to switch it up. I, <laughs> I think the Premier League is um, kind of looking shaky in these tournaments. I'm, I'm going to go against it. I'm like, no, I'm not choosing Premier League. It seems like things are falling in place for anybody but England to do well. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Sevilla. They look pretty good. And I don't know. United kind of looks you know, stale after a while. So I, I don't really think that they can keep up with Sevilla in their attack. Scoreline? I'm going to go 2-0 Sevilla. See, this is this is going to be tough for me because while England has not looked great, uh, Spain has not looked great <laughs> in any of these games either. But United really didn't look good against Copenhagen. I don't know if it was one of those where they thought that they were just for sure going to win and came right. out flat-footed or, or how that went. But Matt, who do you got moving on here? I have Sevilla as well um i i can't get over how good they are when it comes to somehow winning europa league mm-hmm. it just seems it seems pretty not it's not destiny but it's just something they seem to know how to do now I, it is true spain definitely looks pretty bad right now but if there was one team i didn't think looked mm-hmm. bad in their game it was sevilla mm-hmm. wolves are a tough team wolves are i i believe wolves are better than manchester united when it comes down to it defensively. So I could see why Sevilla might have struggled to score in that game. But I think it's going to be different against United. It'll be a little bit more open. I, I'm going to go 3-1 Sevilla. All right. No penalties to United. No penalties to United. <laughs> really, they're going to score an open play. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Sevilla. I'm going to go 1-0, though. I'm going to go uh, with some of the way that these games have been, you know, yeah. uh, in the Europa League especially, been a little bit more cagey, a little bit more closer. I think that's how I'm going to go with it. We always predict these high score lines, and, and uh, well, we had a few that were a lot higher than what we had suggested. But uh, going yeah. to Inter uh, Milan versus Shakhtar Donetsk, and we'll go with you, Logan. Oh, I'm going to go Inter. Inter. Inter's just been so impressive. I mean, I think I've watched more of their games than I've watched anybody lately. And I watched them finish out. I watched one of their games when they finished out Serie A. They just look like the better team. And I won't spoil what my thoughts are on who wins it, but you might be able to tell. Um, the scoreline, I'm going to go I'm gonna go 3-1, Inter. All right. Matthew. I'm going to have to. It's going to be Inter. Uh, I, I just can't see. Shakhtar is one of the better teams. They're usually the best team. I, I believe it's Ukrainian League. That they uh, mm-hmm. play in, so, they are usually one of the better teams. Inter also destined to be in this final. They've, they, I believe, have been the best team in the tournament so far. And their game, I don't know why I'm all of a sudden forgetting who they just played. It's literally just blanking on me right now. <laughs> they just played Bayer Leverkusen. It's, it's literally Bayer Leverkusen. <laughs> I don't know why that was. I could not for the life of me think of who they were playing. <laughs> um, I, that game seemed to be. The one game they needed to win to get to the final, whether it was Basel or Donetsk winning, I just can't see Inter losing the game. I think it's just gonna it's gonna be two 0 and I don't think it's gonna be a very competitive game. I think Inter will dominate from start to finish. 
All right. I'm going to go with uh, Inter as well here. Wow, we're, we're so boring. I'm going to go with Inter. Well, you know who's going to go through if you pick Inter. It's obviously going to be Shakhtar. Well, I don't know about <laughs> that because we, we, we all predicted Bayern and we were all right on That's that. True. Uh, but Inter, I have 3 nil. We will be moving on to the Champions League here, which is the the big the big stuff here. Um, first, let's let's address, I guess, the PSG and Atalanta game. This one was the first game of the Champions League. Uh, PSG did advance. Atalanta scored in the first half, probably like about twenty some minutes in, and uh, that's who we had all picked. So you know how bad this is going to go. And then, uh, <laughs> let me preface though that we all picked Atalanta when we thought Mbappe wasn't playing at all. Okay, that's true. so that's true. A little bit of wiggle room there for me. Um, I thought Neymar was awful in the first half. I know a lot of people are praising his performance. Mm-hmm. I, they have to be looking at his second half performance. He missed sitters. He missed a lot of chances in the first half. He was falling down on the ground. I felt like a lot on the first half. And I think that kind of bled into the second half a bit. And for me, now, I've only been able to watch the game once. So, you know, excuse me if I haven't seen, you know, all of his touches and and such. But for me, the moment it changed is really Mbappe coming in. And what that does is it lets lets PSG have more than one avenue of, of, of going to goal. With Neymar, I felt like everything was running through Neymar. But, uh, you know, they were, you know, I think Atalanta were able to close down Neymar a little bit easier. But when you have Mbappe to, to account for and Mbappe with how fast he is, it's it becomes a little bit more, you know, troublesome. And that leaves the space for Neymar to actually come in and do a little bit more of his playmaking. I thought there were some moments even in the second half before Mbappe came on that Neymar had players running open in the box and instead he like turned around with the ball and kind of did a, a weird 360 carry of the ball to to just kind of get away from the defender instead of passing it. But, yeah, there you go. PSG came back in, like, the... Man. It had to be, what, 90th minute, I think, that they mm-hmm. had scored yeah. to level it. And then yeah. in stoppage time, they get through to score again. Yeah, it's the 90th minute, uh, Marquinhos scores and then uh the stoke legend just kidding uh, <laughs> chopu uh moting uh moting 90 plus third minute and and what was hilarious is uh, matt was just talking crap about him earlier. <laughs> i wasn't talking crap i wouldn't say i was talking crap about him i just had no idea it was such a random signing for a team like psg to sign a strike yeah he scored City. <laughs> he's he the winner he did score <laughs> Yeah, but I did see some people on Twitter talking crap like, oh, this is who they bring on, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then people were immediately replying to that tweet thread when he scored like, <laughs> oh. Uh, it, it was a good comeback for PSG, especially after the years where they've had big leads against like Barcelona and, and uh, I believe Roma, mm-hmm. that the other team have come back and destroyed <laughs> you know, them. I, I don't really care for PSG, so I wasn't that happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, we've talked a bit about Thomas Tuchel in the past. Um, Matt did where he he doesn't think that the coach really affects PSG all that much. And, you know, really, they haven't gotten that far except for this year. This is the year that they're, you know, getting a little farther. But 
Uh, he will now be facing his one of his protégés, uh, Julian Nagels, uh, Nagelsmann, who, if we move on to RB Leipzig, destroyed. I'm just kidding. They did not destroy, but they did win two to one uh, late against Atletico Madrid. Me and Matt had this one, and we had the scoreline down. <laughs> <laughs> we actually got something right <laughs> and let me tell you we were as shocked as anybody else <laughs> you know atletico I, I don't think they looked particularly great this game we did have you know rb leipzig scored first in the 50 some minute with a great header and then it was pretty much atletico trying to make a comeback here and it was very very you know close uh, that header was scored by Danny Olmo. And then there was a penalty in the 71st minute that uh, Jao Felix came up and scored. And then Morata came in in the next minute and Diego Costa left. And Costa was just totally, I didn't even realize he was playing. That's how little, like, I feel like he was getting the um, getting the ball there. And in the 88th minute, the American, Tyler Adams, off a lucky deflection, Hits the goal to bring RB Leipzig into the semifinals for their first ever semifinal berth in the Champions League. Amazing. Uh, what were your thoughts on RB Leipzig uh, for anybody that got to see part of that game? I I got to watch. I, I believe I got to watch the majority of it. I don't think I had too many computer issues, but it the game went. I feel like the game went how you could have assumed a game with RB Leipzig and Madrid both playing. Leipzig are very open. They, they their attacking style is very Jurgen Klopp like. Uh, a lot of people on Liverpool actually would love to see Nagels uh, Nagelsmann or Nagels, Nagelsmann, right? Yeah, yeah. They would like to see him take over one day because he he plays a similar style. But Atletico are very kind of camp down, do what they can to scrape a few shots flop and dive all over the place. I was so happy when he got a yellow card. I, Lodi is considered a really good left back, but watching when Liverpool played Madrid, this is those this is what the games look like. It, Madrid don't do anything spectacular besides playing some solid defense and falling over. And you know, they occasionally get a lucky draw or a lucky break. Um or have a decent pass every once in a while. I don't. Felix didn't play a whole lot against Liverpool due to injury, but uh, mm-hmm. Costa, same thing. He just he didn't really recognize him there, and it, there wasn't anything super impressive about Atletico in the game. They just no. played. It, it was such a. It was heavily favored toward Leipzig, and you know they did get the goal that they needed to come on, and you had Tyler Adams score it, which is really cool for. You know, for us over here to see mm-hmm. a player of, from the USA score such a hmm. defining goal for a team, but it, nothing with the game was super shocking, and I'm, I'm very happy to see Leipzig in it because I just I can't stand Atletico Madrid. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> see, I mean, I, you know what though? Like, I I don't like Atletico that much, but I'd rather them win like La Liga than Real Madrid or Barcelona. So that year that I they won, I was very happy. For I would prefer Real, but I would prefer Atletico over Barcelona. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, 
you know, Atletico, they were kind of talking about this on some of the post game and and on Twitter as well, just that they think that, you know, Diego Simeone's style of play is kind of hasn't aged well with the rest of world football at this point where he's, you know, playing more defensively. Yeah, really, you know, Felix has got to be like, why am I even here? You know, like he was, you know, on the bench and, and he he's more of a nice attacking player, but they don't play that way. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I think Atletico has come into the end of its window of opportunity. You know, it won the uh, La Liga a few years ago, um, on the, closer to a decade ago, I think. And then got into that Champions League final in 2013 against Real Madrid and lost against Real Madrid. And I think at that point, uh, you know, they were kind of close at times. But I think now that window is starting to close a little bit. And I I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, uh, it's more of Real's titles to lose in La Liga for a bit with how uh, Barca looked as well that we'll get to. Uh, Logan, any thoughts on Leipzig or Atletico before we move on? No, I think just uh, like you guys were saying, it seems like every time I watch Atletico play, um, they're just disruptive. <laughs> like It's kind of like that kid in class that sits there and just kind of fiddles with stuff and just kind of annoying and you can try to get him out of the way, but he, he just won't get out. <laughs> he won't stop. Um, that's what I felt. I just feel like every time it just they just meddle with things and it, it, it obviously isn't going well. <laughs> So, right, but you know, I, I honestly, um, and I can remember back when I first started watching um, that Liverpool had like Skirtle in them, and that kind of felt like they were disruptive in that back, and it kind of feels like that disruptive, you know, just pound you into the ground, um, kind of football, and it just, you know, it works sometimes, and then other times it it, it backfires because there's just they don't have a, it doesn't seem like they have an attack that can that can put up a bunch, so, and if they do, it's going to be sloppy. So. All right, moving on to uh, these two games are probably going to take up a better part of our show here, <laughs> uh, just for the ramifications that come with it. You know, I don't think Diego Simeone is leaving, uh, you know, Atletico Madrid anytime soon, and I don't think that uh, Atalanta is not going to be, you know, back there eventually. You know, PSG just kind of got lucky at the end, finally broke them down, but. Uh, these two games have a lot to do with what is going to happen in, in the sport, I think. So we have Bayern Munich, who advanced 8-2 to over Barcelona. Now, let's just say we all did pick Bayern, right? Which, you know, is not all that shocking, I would say. But none of us had the scoreline even close. Uh, so here we go. We had uh, Thomas Mueller in the fourth uh, minute. Score goal. Immediately, Alaba had an own goal seven minutes in to equalize for Barcelona. So there you go. That's 1-1. And I was like, crap, this is this is kind of going, this is moving fast here. 22nd minute, Perisic scores to give Bayern a 2-1 lead. Five minutes later, Serge Gnabry, former Arsenal gunner, uh, is, scores 27 minutes in uh, to make it 3-1. Mueller scores four minutes later in the 31st minute to make it 5-1. to one, And then Suarez scored to make it 5-2 to two in the 57th minute. Then Kimmich scores in the 63rd. 
Then you get Lewandowski in the 82nd, which was his first time even on the score sheet. They scored, you know, one, two, three, four, five goals before Lewandowski even scores. Uh, then you get Coutinho with his 85th and 89-minute goals to make it 8-2. to two. As people have been saying, you ate to see it. Uh <laughs> Uh, what what were your thoughts on this game? We'll start with you, Matt. So, I, I saw majority of the middle part, so I didn't get to see some of the start and some of the end. But, you know, we, we expected Bayern to win, but it was shocking to see how badly they dismantled Barcelona. Barcelona didn't look, they just looked bad. Mm-hmm. The worst I've it, ever seen Barcelona it, play, I would say. And it's it's been happening now each year. It's getting worse. It seems for them mm-hmm. between Roma two years ago, Liverpool last year, and now this game against Bayern. Who knows what would have happened in a two leg competition at this point? <laughs> yeah, people uh, were making fun of Chelsea losing seven to one on aggregate, and all the Chelsea people were like, "Imagine <laughs> losing eight to two on one game." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you got you just looking at Barcelona's team and. I'm not trying to say their players are on the decline, but they're on the decline. You have the, the center back PK looked awful. You have I didn't I didn't feel like Semedo played very well on mm-hmm. the. I believe he's on the right side. Um, yeah, he's on the right because Davies was on the left. But then you have to also just think of how Barcelona. Like I saw this tweet somewhere. Barcelona has three. Their three last big signings, or three of their biggest signings, Griezmann is on the bench, Dembele's mm-hmm. on the bench and doesn't play, and Coutinho is on Bayern scoring against them. Yep. So they're signing these big names, but they're not, I don't know if it has to do with the coaching or just something in the morale of the team itself, but they've, they're not using their funds wisely. They aren't using their players wisely. And they just look, they look bad. Messi can't do it all. And Suarez is also getting up there in age. Their key figures on their team are getting older while the ones that they're buying that are younger are not even getting a chance to play. And it just looks like it's going to get worse and worse and worse, really. I, I don't know. Bayern look to be the team to beat in this tournament. They, they look amazing. Their defense is one of the best with Davies, uh, Pavard, uh, Alaba looked pretty shaky. Alaba and Boateng looked pretty shaky, so mm-hmm. I could see them getting messed up there if the team has a really good attack down the middle. Yeah, they were playing really but, high up the pitch, too. Yeah, their attack with Gnabry and Lewandowski and why I'm, I'm just forgetting some names today. I'm just like dropping out of my head. But there's somebody I can think I'm thinking of somebody, but I, for the life of me, can't think of their name. But I mean, you do get players like Perisic is also a really solid winger, mm-hmm. and their midfield is just insanely strong with Thiago and uh, Kimmich, uh, Kimmich, or Kimmich. I'm not sure if it's I'm pronouncing that correctly, but they just they look too good and they they overran Barcelona. It was it was in a way it was actually kind of sad, but I wasn't sad for them. <laughs> I get what you mean because I was going to say it was not sad <laughs> at all for me. It was very very joyous for me. Um, I think this, you know, kind of falls on the board at Barcelona. You know, like you said, this is getting progressively worse with the Roma and the Liverpool games. 
where they have these, even the PSG game from a few years ago, probably about three years ago now, where PSG had a, like a three or four nothing lead and it took Barcelona coming back to, you know, take the lead in that one as well. Um, you know, that time they got through, but then you get these times following that where they don't get through. It seems like the board didn't really do anything at that point. You know, they've gone through different coaches at this time, but, you know, and yes, they've bought players, but I don't know if the coaches and the board are not on the same page when it comes to transfers, because I feel like something is wrong with that team chemistry if, you know, some of these players like Dembele are not even playing and, and Griezmann starting on the bench so they can play this different formation that they want to do, and they still got uh, overrun. It, you know, they were supposed to be doing that to play more defensively, but they, they don't know how to play defensively. I felt like, you know, uh, Ter Stegen was, was awful, you know, mm-hmm. playing out of the back, giving the ball away or putting his defenders in awful positions on short passes to them that, you know, Bayern were capitalizing on. This really reminded me a lot of the 2014 World Cup when it came to Germany versus Brazil. You know, some of those players are are on the, you know, on Bayern's team. So it makes sense. But, you know, that was seven to one. Uh, this is eight to two. And that it just gets out of hand so quickly. And, and it looked like there was no fight in Barcelona at all. Even when they went down one nothing and they got that own goal, it just felt like, I didn't feel like it was really that much in danger. I felt like, well, Byron has a lot of firepower. And then, you know, minutes later, it's 2-1, to one, and then 3-1, to one, then 4-1, to one, and you're like, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. But I don't know. Like you said, Messi can't do everything. And I feel like they haven't built a good team around him anymore. You know, they're, they're all aging, except for the attackers they've bought. It, it's a very random team. Look at some of their signings. It's just... It's like buying just because they want the big name. So they, they buy Frankie de Young. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's random. And they buy Pianich and then, or no, they, they just bought Pianich as well. Yeah. And that, that was a weird move because Arthur is younger than Pianich by a good five, six years. But they just bought him and Pianich is the bigger name. So it's like they just, they're just buying names at this point. Yeah, it's almost more like they're approaching it like Real Madrid. You know, Real Madrid is known for the Galacticos signings. Barcelona, all of that prime Barcelona team had really come from, like, their academies. You know, like, they had built a lot of these players and and brought them through the team. And then now it just seems like at this point it's a little long in the tooth and it's time to, you know, maybe put them down. What do you think, Logan? Yeah, I think, I mean, I was, I love the, yeah, who is the guy that they were, he was like, um, I think he was in Spain at Barcelona, um, like a sideline kind of thing, uh, or like on, on spot. Gilliam? Um, or- yeah, for CBS. And they were talking to him and just talking about, you know, the different change of guard at, at Barcelona and um, how much it impacts their economy at Barcelona. Um, and they were going into some like deep, things with with fans uh, supporting Barcelona for so long have been so successful. But like you guys were talking about, and like we were talking about earlier, I mean, it looks like Spain might finally be up for grabs. (laughs) Uh, Real looked kind of disoriented, um, and they're trying to figure themselves out. looks like Barcelona is going to, because, you know, they got the four guys that are, you know, 30, I think they're 32 and above that 
you know, there are different pieces that could be sold off. And, you know, I think um, PK was pretty much telling the rest of the group that if they think it's better to sell him than do it, <laughs> um, which was the most humbling interview I've ever heard in my life. Um, the fact that he was just mentioning all the things that were wrong at Barcelona and how he says that that's not the style of football. And he's, you know, calling for change and basically just out there sticking himself um, up on the chopping block. Um, but yeah, I think, I think right now um, you look how, how good Byron is um, and their world's above everybody else and heads above everybody else. So it makes you wonder, you know, what are these other big clubs going to do that are in Europe? Um, Cause I think that they, they do some things that, that make it really hard to compete. Like I think Liverpool might be the closest thing to, to them. Obviously they're not in it, but it, it's a it's a mess for a lot of them because of how good Byron has looked. So let me pose these questions to you guys here. What does Barcelona have to do to keep Messi? And should Messi leave Barcelona? Matt? What they have to do... I. They're going to have to figure out a way to start making... I'm not saying they need to make budget signings, but they really need to start making smart signings. They have to look at their team and, one, figure out what coach they want and what style of play they want to run. So the rumor is Spurs, uh, Ponchettino, ex-Spurs manager Ponchettino, met with them last week, and that their manager they had now was going to be fired anyway. Uh, But go ahead. Yeah, so this is my issue with these these teams is that it's hard for a team like them to build a specific structure because coaches go in and out so quick and coaches all have their own style of play, but they need to figure something out with their style of play. So their signings can either start flourishing because Frankie de Jong is really good. Um, their center, they have a younger center back. Ling, I don't know how to say it. I'm going to butcher it. So I think it's French. It's like Ling Lay, uh, Clement Ling. I don't know how to say it, but, He's a younger player who had some good moments in that game, and he looked way better than PK. They just need to start determining what they want to run. Because if they don't, I, I don't see why Messi, I know he's been there for the majority of his career, but what, what does he want? What, what's he going to want to do there at this point? He has won everything with them. And if they're going to struggle like this and continue to make incredibly subpar, expensive signings, I just would not want to be there at that point. I would go either, honestly, go to Italy. You could replace Ronaldo at Juventus if maybe he decided. I don't know if they would ever just try to like go from one team to the other that they both played on. But at this point, I I would start looking at something new if I was Messi. I just don't see what he's getting at at Barcelona because he's won everything, but now they're just on this crazy decline, it looks like. And he could go somewhere. He could go if PSG don't win. You know, he could go to PSG and try to get them over that edge. And he could be with Neymar. You know, he's always wanted to, he seems to really like playing with Neymar. I don't think he's going to, I honestly don't think he'll come to the MLS. I just think. No, it's too early. Um, but, you know, a team like a PSG, a team like a Juventus, if, if they no longer have Ronaldo, or maybe, maybe it's a team like, one of the Milans, if they somehow get some money and he wants to maybe try to make something right there, I don't think he's going to go to England either. So you're, it's kind of putting him at 
only a few different locations because uh, I don't think he would go to Germany. I don't think Bayern would be looking at him, and they're the only team that could probably afford him. But I, I you know, if I'm him, I, I just don't see the benefit really right now of staying at Barcelona. Yeah, I think he's. You know, we always hear all these rumors that he's not very happy with the board at Barcelona, with with them not building, you know, a team around him. He did want Neymar instead of Griezmann, but Griezmann's the one that came in. Uh, I don't know how those two play together that much. I don't get to see a lot of La Liga because it's on, you know, being sport, which nobody really has. Uh, I, I think Messi should probably leave. Like you said, he's won everything. It's time for a new challenge, I would think. Where would he go? I, I don't even have the faintest idea. I don't know if I would see him going to England, to be honest. I, I don't know what team would be able to afford him. Man City? But Pep's probably going to be leaving at the end of his contract. Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that it's going to be... I don't know where else he goes. Uh, I don't see him going to another Spanish team, obviously. I don't think he would want to do that. To Barcelona, I, I don't know. Maybe I could see him going to Bayern, but I feel like for him, he'd be like, I don't know, that's the team that has destroyed me a few times. I don't really want to be one of those that, if you can't beat him, join him. You know, I think he would go somewhere like maybe a PSG where he's able to help them over the, you know, push them over the edge, like you said. I think they, they link him to Inter, but I'm looking at Inter. And it looks like Lukaku is the highest they've ever spent to him, and it's eighty-one million. Like, that's the biggest thing. He's gonna—I mean, Messi's gonna. Well, he's, he's gonna be going off of his contract next year, I right? Think, well, so it, they wouldn't have to do any sort of transfer fee unless if he's pushing to get out right now. Right. So at that point, it would just be wages. But even then, you know, Messi's wages are probably astronomical. <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, I can't imagine paying him. And, and and that's what I think Barcelona struggles with is they pay all those people and then it, when it doesn't pan out it looks really bad. It's kind of like City. I mean, it's you pay all these people, mm-hmm. um, you've got to have some kind of success. And and there's a play, you know players like that. I mean, it's every every sport players like that. The, the you know the best in the game, you got to make them happy. And I, there's just so many things working against Messi right now that I just don't like. You guys said I don't I don't see him I, if i close my eyes i can't picture him somewhere else um and obviously you know he might end up somewhere else but I, right now i just you know if i really had to guess and venture i think psg might be the one for him but you know who who knows what shakes the colors out. of the jerseys are pretty close so it wouldn't right. be that far yeah off, i guess right. and he's got a brand it's, it's, I mean, he's built a brand there i guess it's harder to to think about him going somewhere else because he's never gone anywhere else. Right. Whereas Ronaldo did. Ronaldo yeah. Did. He was in Portugal, then he went to Man U, and then to Real. Yeah. So he, it, it, I guess it's not as fathomable to think Ronaldo moves from Juventus because he's moved teams before. But it is weird to see, to think of a player like Messi because you look at the other ones that have stayed Xavi, Iniesta. I mean, they went over to. I guess that's where you could think about it. Would he go to the Middle East like Chavi did? Would he go to... Did Iniesta go to the Chinese League? I would hope he wouldn't just because I feel like at that point it shows the ultimate money move. Yeah. If you're the best player on the planet, you probably want to go somewhere that you can... 
show that. Like, I don't, I don't know, like, you know, helping a team get to that level instead of just taking a big payday. I mean, he's, look, he's got all these sponsorships and all these, you know, Barcelona's probably paying him a crap load too. I just don't see the reason for him to, you know, at least with like Iniesta and, and Xavi, like, I don't think they were as maybe highly paid, but they probably didn't also have all of the endorsements like Messi has uh, that that would help them, that maybe they would want to make that big money move. I think if he wants to be the best player in the world, he should go somewhere that has the most eyeballs on him, and that obviously is the United States of America, and he should come to Philadelphia and give it a go with the Philadelphia Union and win an MLS Cup and put all those doubters <laughs> to shame. Bring, bring <laughs> the MLS and U.S. soccer to glory by just coming over here. Um, there you that's go. what I was going to ask you, Jordan. I was like, What's more likely? Do you see Ronaldo in the United States first or Messi in the United I States? I see first? Ronaldo. Because I see him with the glam life going to somewhere like LA or Miami. Miami. Where where that fits his life. My, Messi's not that I don't think glamorous where he's like, Oh, let me, you know, be with all the models and the stars and stuff. He's more of a Billy guy. Yeah, exactly. He's more of a brotherly love kind of guy. <laughs> Fans hating, loving. Yeah, yeah, he likes getting batteries thrown at him, so it'll be a good time. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, look, you know, I, I, I don't. I mean, I appreciate Messi. I don't really like Messi, but it, it's at the point where I just have to kind of sit here and take it that he's the best player right now, as unfortunate as that is. But uh, I, I would take him. I would certainly take him in in Philadelphia if that's what's going to happen. I would take him anywhere in the league, to be honest. But I don't know. I don't think he would go to somewhere like England. I just don't know. I can't picture him in like a Manchester United kit. You know, like if, if I, I was him, him, that's where I would go. go. I would go, go to somewhere like England. England. I just don't know. If I'm him, I'd go somewhere like Leicester City, to be honest. I'd take a pay cut and just be a legend somewhere that doesn't have all these legends. You know, like Manchester United has, has Ronaldo. It has Beckham. It has, uh, you know, Eric Cantona. It has all of these big names that have, you know um uh, of course all the older players as well um it, you know and and you look at some of these other teams and like like Liverpool that have all of these legends that have played for them previously i would go somewhere that you know you could really make your name as not just the best player in the world like he is but somewhere that can be a challenge you know Leicester is someone you know Leicester or Wolves where they are so close to Maybe being a top four team, uh, where he can really, you know, help inspire them, and they could probably build a team around him because people want to play for him, uh, and people would want to play in the EPL where most of the you know, most of the eyeballs in the world are really when it comes to ratings um, and money. But I don't see him doing that. I'm saying if I was him, that's what I would do. I mean, it'd be cool. It's just. To see him on Don't you a think? Or a Wolves. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, like, I, I get it. I get it that he probably wouldn't go somewhere where he can win more titles and be back in the Champions League and stuff. But nobody ever like. Same thing with basketball. Now it feels like where everybody's building these super teams and stuff. Where it feels like nobody is just like thinking I'm good enough to make that team like over the edge. They instead like, you know all go somewhere else or they all go to one of the big you know one of the big teams like uh you know in a big market 
But it would be so interesting to have, like, a player like Ronaldo or a player like Messi go somewhere to a smaller team that is looking to make it. These people have made all the money in their lives, you know? Like, you don't need any more, to be honest. But, obviously, if he's frustrated with the way Barca's building around him, he's not going to like Leicester building around him either. Harrogate Town. Um, yes, they're, there you they're go. Building There's something. a challenge. They're building something. Play for free, be a manager, and the and the player. And wear a New Balance kit. I mean, he could be the spokesman for New Balance. And I don't think know. Adidas was Adidas or Nike. <laughs> whatever one has. It's Adidas, I think. I don't think Adidas would like that. <laughs> so let's move on to the other game that just happened that we, we're recording right after. And that is uh, the one that I predicted correctly. Nobody else did. Uh, mm-hmm. Olympic Lyonnais uh, beat Manchester City. Three to one. I had one nil, and that looked pretty good for the first half. But the second half was explosive. Logan, I'm going to give you a moment here to just go on a rant if that's what you want to do on how this went. <laughs> go ahead. Locked and loaded. Um, well, as you all know, I'm, I'm a City fan, and I'm sitting here watching it. And when I saw the lineups come out, lineups were confirmed. I'm like, okay, so I, I don't. I never did understand when when City tries to play defensively. One, because our defense is not something you want to play with anyway. And, and two, when you play everybody in that, I mean, they're all central holding. I mean, they, they they literally started two defensive mids, and neither of them played well. Fernandinho was not great. He got a yellow real quick, and, and then after that, he was pretty much taken out of the game. But he played, I think he played the first half, and then after that, he a couple times he was really close to getting sent off um and Rodri I mean sometimes he plays well sometimes he's not um but when you spend 750 million dollars since I think they said 750 million dollars since Pep got there you know spending all that money <laughs> and not producing the you know the results that you want in in Europe is embarrassing <laughs> and um you know I'm going through Twitter and of course everybody's you know you got that cult following of Pep like Pep, Pep's great. Mm-hmm. Pep, you know, tactically he's great. He's always had success. He's, you know, he's won his Champions League. With, but if you really look at it, the last couple of years, I mean, he's just been average at best. I mean, they can win the Premier League, but I mean, when you spend th- three or four times as much as the second team, you, you shouldn't, uh, especially in a domestic league where you're playing teams that can barely field teams. Um, when you're you're playing guys like that and you spend that much money. Um, and, and he was only brought in, and we talked about this before on here. It was he, he was brought in for the sole purpose of winning Europe because Pellegrini just didn't have much success. But I would argue that he's looked a lot better than Pep has. <laughs> I just I can't I can't fathom what he was thinking when he put that lineup in today. Especially you know you beat Real and, and you have that. I mean that was that was as well as we had played in a while. Um, and you go out there and then you turn around and put out a lineup. You started in, uh, I think he's 19 years old, <laughs> uh, a center back that's also talking about leaving. I don't get that part of it. And I know Oda Mindy and, and them are also on that, you know, but still, if you can't field a veteran team um, in an attacking team for a team that's an attack minded team, um, we just don't play as defensive uh, team. And, and to try to switch that in the middle of, the most important competition that we've played in and not to have any success uh, was just a disaster. And you could tell right away they were taken right out of it. 45 minutes in, 
we were down one nil. It felt like we were down three nil just by the way we were playing. You couldn't get any attacks. I remember I tweeted it. The first, the only attack that we had, it seemed in the first half was in like the set, like the end of the second minute. <laughs> and after that, it just went downhill. And, you know, when De Bruyne, even when he tied it, I was just like, they just don't seem, they don't seem like the stronger side still. Like they had some momentum going, but it was flattened quickly. But again, you can't, you can't tell me that Pep, you can tell me he's a great coach for the success that he had before, but you can't tell me that he's been great with Manchester City. He's been pretty average with City. Yeah, uh, so I guess here's my view from it as well here. Uh, you know, they, they said it on the, you know, TV and Twitter as well, but when it comes to Pep, he overthinks sometimes when it comes to these big games. And it may, he may even thought overthought even more due to the fact that Leon just beat Juventus and it's one leg that he thought he's going to play more defensively and maybe nick that goal or two uh, with his speed of Sterling and, uh, you know, and, and try to score that way. But it didn't work. Uh, credit to Leon here, who I was rooting for with my Leon jersey uh, from my honeymoon. <laughs> but, uh, man, did they look... They kept their shape. They, uh, you know, they were, they were, as soon as Sterling touches the ball, two of the Leon players is on top of him, not letting him go anywhere. And there was times where, you know, they were kind of, in the first half, you know, really controlling the possession of the ball until they scored. Once they scored, they kind of sat back even more, I felt like. But that first goal, you know, uh, we can't put it all on Pep in that case because really, you know, Walker falls asleep because, you know, yes, the the, the player was onside who the ball goes to, but, you know, Walker is slow to get back and it's not actually the player that the ball went to first that scores. It's the other, the second run, you know, um, Carme. I mean, our Carne, where he comes up and, just shoots a beautiful goal that just I don't know what Ederson was doing either. Uh, kind of caught every you know everybody by surprise there. Then they kind of sit back more, and and to my surprise there was no change even at halftime. Pep came out still looking the same sort of way, and it didn't change until maybe what 55, 70, 60 minutes maybe into the into the game where he started putting a little bit more attack and changing the formation, and then City looked really great. And you're thinking, if they looked this way the whole time, they probably would have won the game. I would have thought, because if they score early, then Leon has to go out and chase the game, and that opens them up, and then, you know, City can hit it and, and take some shots. But, uh, one, uh, Leon uh, Denayer, uh former Manchester City youth, yeah, ironically, looked fantastic on defense. He was everywhere. Just everywhere, first one back, you know, and even on those times that you said, like two minutes in, when they when they took a shot, Manchester City. Any time there was like this one pass before that went to Sterling, and Sterling's in the box with it, but he stops it before it goes out of the end line. And guess what? There's already like five Leon players in the box. You know, they they were quick to move back and get in their shape, and then City had nowhere to go. And 
it, it, I don't know. It just seems like it may have been over thought a bit. And and here's something interesting as well that if you if you look at it this way, the farthest Manchester City has ever gotten in the Champions League was in 2016. Uh, they got to the semifinals, which was Pellegrini as their coach still at that point. They have yet to get that far with Pep Guardiola. Um, the farthest they've gotten is the quarterfinals, I think, three times now. But they've also got knocked down in the round of 16 with Pep Guardiola as well. And actually, Pep Guardiola has not won a Champions League without Messi. And in fact, here's another funny stat. Roberto Di Matteo, the interim Chelsea manager from 2012, has won a Champions League more recently than Pep Guardiola. <laughs> that is how long it's been for Pep. It, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, Messi has won those without Pep, so we see that Barcelona was able to continue their, their great dominance. But Pep went to Bayern Munich to help them win a Champions League, and he never did. And then he goes to, you know, like, think about it this way, too. Bayern pretty much pushed out their manager in 2013, who had won the treble, which hasn't been done since, to get Pep Guardiola in there, who went, was at odds with some of the German players, and then they did not even get really close to winning a Champions League. And then, you know, then he goes to Manchester City after about four years or three years at, at Bayern, and it's almost the same exact story here. Obviously, I don't think City's team is as good as Heyday Barcelona or even Bayern Munich. But it, it's just crazy with how good that they are that they, they can't get past this semifinal or quarterfinal stage under Pep Guardiola. Yeah, I think and it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that it just seems like and every game I've watched, it seems like when we come out in these quarterfinals, at least for the last couple of years, he plays conservatively. And I don't get I I, <laughs> I don't get it. You have one of the, if not the best, attacking you know uh, players in, in all of Europe. And you can't put together a team that attacks your strength. And you play defensively. And we are probably one of the more shaky um, out of the big top you know, four or five clubs in all of Europe. I mean, we are by far the shakiest. We, I mean, we're playing, you know, central defensive mid players, <laughs> you know, back there against Real. That's how shallow that, that that bench is with with guys that can actually compete at that level, it seems. And, you know, we go out and we're going to go and get Ake. And, and, you know, he's young and he's youthful and hopefully he can play well. But it's it's it starts to become a point where, You've got all the talent in the world, and yes, the talent can be blamed some, but it, but it seems every time we get into this issue, it's more tactical uh, is the reason we start off slowly, and that's usually managerial. So I don't I don't understand the, the thought behind it. I don't understand you know the form. I, I don't I just don't get it. I don't get why he think. And you're right, Jordan. He overthinks it. He's so great that he tries to overthink what he's doing and is he really that great is you know obviously he's got tactical down somewhat but <laughs> when it's mattered for city he's not been that person so uh, i really makes you wonder what's going on and uh, i saw a quote from de bruyne he was uh, interviewed and he said <laughs> he goes same result just a different year all the same it's always the same almost like he that we do this all the time 
And, and I do. I think it starts to become a point where the players are going to start the turn on him. It's just a matter of time because, you know, th- that is the scapegoat often. You have to think, too, you guys are lucky that that ban was appealed and yes. rescinded because he's got right. another shot at it next year, which is, I think, his last year on contract. Mm-hmm. But he's got a chance to make up for it. But, I mean, look, they may have even lost against Bayern the next game. Yeah. They should be making this semifinal. They had the easy path to the semifinal in this game. Uh, if you look at just, you know, this, if you want to look at the optics of this is the seventh place team of Liga Un, you know, if you want to look at that kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I think Leon deserve a lot of credit for how they came oh, out. Yeah. They stayed they were all over us <laughs> from the start. Our attack. I mean, Raheem Sterling can usually get his way with people. And Denier just ate him alive. <laughs> He's so quick and, and strong. I'm like, man, that's a, a strong defender. Like that is a, uh, you know, and Sterling can, I mean, operate around that, that box better than most. And he just could not get in anywhere near um, goal against Denier in that first half. And which really, I mean, when you shut that down, then it becomes scary. Cause it's like, man, that's, that's all that. And De Bruyne was awful to start. Um, yeah, until his goal. It seems it seems like everything that everything that he did, De Bruyne, like I was noticing a couple times, like he gets a ball, and if he would have turned and just looked, he'd have found you know all sorts of players running into you know the gaps and stuff. But he he oftentimes just he cleared it. I'm like, what are you doing? I felt like there was a lot of ping pong passes too in this game. You know what I'm saying? Where they were trying to almost like how I do in FIFA, where I'm trying to move the ball so quick, as soon as I touch it, it's already gone. And then the first one to those balls were always Leon players right. immediately jumping on them and starting to counter. And it was, it was absolutely crazy. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on Pep Guardiola and this Manchester city side. Well, watching the game, it, I don't know why this happens, but there are times, not even in the champions league where city city are dominant sometimes where you don't know how they're going to lose. And then there's these random games where it looks like every single player is just lost five steps, mm-hmm. and they just don't do anything right. And they're they they don't have the best defense, which is probably looking at how much they've spent on defenders is a pretty big detriment to whoever is mm-hmm. deciding to buy those players. Whether Pep has a biggest say into it or maybe the board, right? there's these games and it, it looked like this this is the exact same type of game that they've played where you just don't understand you almost kind of look at them going how is this the considered the best team in england because mm-hmm. it, it happened against norwich it happened against mm-hmm. wolves twice it happened mm-hmm. against united and you're just they look so vulnerable it's it's their bad when they're bad they are bad it's not you know, a couple players struggling and you try to get a draw. It's when City's bad, City is, they just don't look like they should even be a top five team in the, in the Premier League. And I don't know if it has to do with the players themselves or if Pep just doesn't keep everybody motivated to a certain extent. And they have these games where everybody's just kind of like, yeah, we're going to win. We're not too concerned. And then the other team comes out and goes, hey, we're still here. And then they make a few nice passes. They get a few shots on goal. And City, if City doesn't score first, I've noticed, it definitely plays a big role in how they play. It's, it, they mm-hmm. start getting a little panicky. 
Like had City scored before Leon scores, I think City win two, three, nothing. Yeah, because they are now going to have to play a lot more aggressive. Leon are going to have to really go for that goal, and City is going to counter and hit one or two extra goals at this point. But once Leon scored, it's almost like City doesn't know how to play from behind, and maybe Pep Pep doesn't have a lot of experience playing from behind. He doesn't really or breaking teams down. Right. Yeah, he doesn't have to do it very often. If City go one nil up, City are gonna win two, three, four nothing. If City don't score that first goal, it's almost like it's it's either gonna be a, a tough game where maybe they pull out a two to one or three to two victory, or they get beat two nil, three nil, three one, and that's what happened today. And you know, there's so many wasted chances. I didn't get to see a, a lot of the first half, but. Just even look at Sterling's mischance. He, I swear, he does that once a game. And that was fifty nine seconds before that uh, third goal went in. So he, he... <laughs> it's funny too because the, the second goal that Leon scored, so my computer froze right when the guy passed it, and I saw the guy was like offside. So I was like, oh, I'm just gonna try to refresh it. And then I like <laughs> I come back, and all of a sudden it's their bars checking a goal, and I was like, why are they checking this? And then I saw the replay, and I, I didn't realize that he was dummying it to um Dembele and it it just happens with Pep's I I don't know much about Pep's Barcelona team or his Bayern team I know he had a lot of issues with the Bayern team personality wise but yeah this is what's happened with the city team is they they cannot be the team that goes down a goal because they just for some reason I don't know if it's the attitude of the players or Pep's coaching or Pep's style but they, they just don't handle coming back very well. It, it just seems like that's the biggest issue. They just don't handle losing, and then they just start panicking, making bad passes. You know, they eventually get some a nice goal out of De Bruyne. It seems like it happened in the Chelsea game too, where they lost. You know, what it was two two one, and they lost to Chelsea. You know, they got down a goal, and it, it just looks like a different team. And I don't know what it is, and maybe he can fix it, but. They really can't be the team that doesn't score the first goal. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, uh, I don't know, I'm just a loss for words, I guess, because while I did predict Leon winning, it was kind of more of a hopeful pick than anything based in reality, I thought. Uh, so, um, I mean, look, this, this Leon team kind of reminded me of that 2012 Chelsea uh, Champions League winning team. They, they kept their shape. They're very defensive. They're able to score some goals. They had to beat teams like Juventus and Manchester City, you know, like big teams, like that 2012 team where Chelsea had to beat, you know, Barcelona in its heyday and also face off against um, Bayern Munich in the final, you know, like big teams. Uh, and it seems like that's exactly what Leon will have to do if they're going to win this thing. They're going to have to face... Juventus, they're going to have to face City, they're going to have to face Bayern Munich. If they somehow get through that, then they're going to have to face either PSG or, or RB Leipzig, which I think if they get that far and they're against Leipzig, I think that they have a very solid chance. Uh, even if against PSG, they just played a final against PSG and went all the way to penalties against them, I believe it was. You know, I was just watching that one a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was uh, penalties. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. So, I mean... For finishing seventh place, one, it was because the season hadn't finished yet. But but two, 
uh, and apparently their their higher ups are suing uh, Liga Un about them not continuing because they feel like they had a good chance to maybe make European football again. And you know, if they win this whole thing, they can. And we've seen stranger things than uh, you know than them winning it before, I would say. But do I give them much of a chance uh, against Bayern? Well, we'll get to that when we get to our previews. But here's some stats. Here's some cool stats before we get to any of our previews. Some tweets from ESPN's Dale Johnson. This is the first time in 24 years, going back to 1995 and 1996, that there has been no team from England or Spain in the semifinals of the Champions League. It's also the first time in Champions League era that no team from England, Spain, or Italy is in the semifinals. And you have to go back 29 years to 1990 to 1991 to where the European Cup, when the semis were Red Star Belgrade versus Bayern Munich and Marseille versus Spartak Moscow, for there to have been no England, Spain, or Italy teams in the semifinals. One more thing about Pep, I guess. If, if he were to leave... We kind of know his M.O., right? He gets frustrated after a few years. He's going to leave. He's going to go to a team with big money. You know, he started at Barcelona, which all of his team pretty much came through the youth. But then he goes to Bayern Munich, who runs away with the league every year anyway. Then he ran over to City, which pretty much ran away with the league until uh, Liverpool came up to match them. Where, where would he go? Uh, I guess one thought would be him and Messi maybe link up at PSG in 2021. They spend big money, but where where else could he go other than PSG? You think to to fit his style of of money spending and big team back to Barcelona. Now, if they hire Punch, uh, you know Pochietto, though, you know what what is the I guess it depends on how well he does there, but let's say he, you know, gets them back to scoring goals and winning games at Barcelona, and Barcelona's off the table. Where else could he go? Yeah, it's tough because I'm like I'm thinking, and, and honestly, um, I think if you look at it, and I don't know how long, how, you know, depending on contract and hell, who knows what City does after this? He could be gone tomorrow. I don't know, um, but I think the best chance right now because everybody's kind of replaced they're in a weird spot because everybody's replaced managers i mean juventus got their guy you know i doubt you know chelsea's actually overperformed i think united's kind of in a good spot depending on how well they do um liverpool's obviously got the best manager i think personally in europe um you know i think you're right jordan i think psg um unless somehow he's getting cut and he goes to Barcelona this year, uh, which I highly doubt. But I think you're right. I think PSG's got to be destined. I don't. I think PSG won't. I don't think they'll win champions. And then I don't. You know, depending on next year, they might. You know, that's you know they're gonna be looking for somebody. So I think that I think that that's the best bet, um, unless you know Real or Barca come calling him for some reason after their managers next year. But again, it's a weird timing for him so either he stays at city for longer or he ends up over at psg i think um well here's a short list for barcelona some news coming out here uh like we said uh pochettino um is being looked at also ronald Koeman is being looked at and max allegri and the fourth person on that short list is terry Henry, which 
I mean, he's coaching Montreal right now, and they have one one win all year. And he went and coached Monaco too. And that and almost got them relegated. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I mean, this is the guy right now. I mean, he he's only coached a few games for Montreal Impact, but if you're trying to, here's a tweet a tweet from John Arnold on Twitter. We realized after failing to beat Bayern in the Champions League. We need to turn to someone who couldn't beat Olympia of Honduras in the CONCACAF Champions League to right this ship, referring to Henri. He may not just be a good coach, Terry Henry. I guess we'll see how he does. But, you know, he's a Barcelona legend that maybe they think that he'd be able to turn that around. I can't see it. I think they should go after uh, Pochettino. I, I don't see why he's still without a job, you know, Um he did very well with the Tottenham team and pretty much took them as far as he could with, you know, a, a board member who doesn't even want to spend money. So I, I think that, you know, if he goes somewhere like Barcelona that will spend money and has that type of player that he likes for attacking soccer, then I don't see why that would... I, I don't even think Ronald Koeman would be a good fit, really, uh, from what we've seen of him in like Ever- when he was at Everton and such. I guess we can get to predictions here then. So, only two matches in the Champions League left uh, for, you know, you got the semifinals and then the three, uh, the third game would be the final, obviously. But we only have two games to predict right now, and that is, we'll start with RB Leipzig and PSG, and we will start with you, Logan. I'm going to go with uh, PSG. I think, I think Neymar plays better. Like I, I agreed with you, Jordan. <laughs> I and my kids in class were like, Neymar was great. I'm like, did you watch the first half? Because, I mean, it looked like a disaster. Like he looked like a train wreck. Um, I mean, there's a ton of photos of him like laying face down on the ground and like halfway on his belly. Like, oh my gosh, it looked like he was dead. But I think, I think he rides the ship this time. I think PSG plays well. Plus, I think you get a lot more of uh, Mbappe. Um, who's going to be more fit, and who knows if he, he plays all, but he'll play a lot more than I think he did, which is terrifying because, like you said, he it took him one minute, he ripped down the left-hand side, and I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> this does not look good. <laughs> right. He is very fast um, and big. So I think I think PSG pulls it out. I think they go 3-1. All right. Matt. I am also going to go PSG. As much as I want Leipzig to make it through, but with PSG kind of overcoming that hurdle of coming back and getting to this point, it's not, it, one game they have the better players. Mbappe, I agree with Logan. Mbappe's probably going to play a bigger role in this game as well. And it just seems it seems like their year to make the final. I I would probably have to say they're going to end up. I think they win it pretty easily, too. I'd say 3-1 as well. All right. I think I'm going to be the one to go out on a limb here. I think I'm going to go RB Leipzig. Um, Tyler Adams hat trick. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, But I will go with Leipzig. I will go with Leipzig with it being a one-off. And I think think they can do it. I'm going to go 2-1 RB Leipzig. I'm going to regret that. Okay, here we go. Uh, Bayern Munich versus Olympic Lyon. Logan. 
All right. Um, I'm, gosh, <laughs> it's so hard not to, um, but I got to pick Byron. I don't want, I, I'd love to see Leon win because they're young and they're feisty. They are going to be, they're going to have good momentum. So I'm going to say it's going to be closer than it than I thought it would have been. Obviously, I plan on City being here, but I would have chosen Byron to beat City because I think Byron would have actually exposed more of City than um, they'll expose of Leon. But I think, I think, you know, one uh, Lewandowski's just yeah, he's on a different planet right now. Uh, and plus, it seemed like every single piece came together and they dismantled Barcelona. Um, so I think they even had more momentum than Lyon does. And both of those were climactic wins for both teams um, and build a lot of momentum. But I think Byron wins. I think Lewandowski scores two. Uh, and I'm going to say that they win 2 1. Matt. Yeah. I- Bayern just looked too good. I, I do think it's going to be a closer game as well. I The Bayern-Barcelona is such a one-off type of game. I feel like <laughs> it was such a terrible, it was a terrible mismatch. But Bayern, they really look to be the best team. I don't think any other teams could really beat them. And I, I think part of my PSG prediction is I think they would give them a better game. I don't think Leipzig... It's similar to Liverpool Tottenham last year, where I just hmm. part of me doesn't really want to see the same teams face each other from the same league. Because even last year, I wanted Liverpool Ajax because I was very—I don't really want to watch Liverpool Tottenham again. Um, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> seen that a few times already. <laughs> You're okay with the result, though. I was, yeah, I was. I actually thought Liverpool would beat Ajax by more. <laughs> but, but Bayern just looked too good. They. They have an amazing attack, a great defense, one of the best goalkeepers. I it's going to be closer, but I I don't think Leon score. I'm going to have to say it's going to end up two nil Bayern. All right. Look, I, I want to put Leon here, but I don't think I can. I think Bayern will not overlook Leon like Manchester City and Juventus have done. I think that they'll go out there and be professional about it, and they'll probably bang in and make it, you know, uh, a 3-0 win, uh, which sounds like a big scoreline, but I think that uh, when you look at... (laughs) When you look at the Barcelona game, uh, you know, obviously they can do a lot more damage than that. But I think with the way that Leon play, I think that they'll be compact. I think they'll play kind of the same way they just did against Manchester City, but I think Bayern has way more firepower, and I think they're way more professional. They're going to go in there and score. And you know what? I don't even think Lewandowski's going to score in this game either. You know, he scored one in that Barcelona game. I think they just have so many weapons that they can win 3-0 without him even, you know, touching the ball. But I'm going to be rooting for Leon because here's the thing. If Leon wins, then we will have a first-time Champions League winner guaranteed to win the Champions League. And I love this format of the single games. I hope they somehow keep this, make it a tournament like this near the end of the year. You know, it only took a few days. You know, it's only taken like a week to do the knockouts this way. Do that. You know, it's so much more fun. So many more upsets. Because if Leon had won 3-1, and they had a second leg. I think Manchester City then come out and don't play conservatively. And then they would go out and win 2-0, 3-0, and finish the job. I think the same thing would happen. You know, 
Atalanta, even if they had won 1-0 against PSG, I think PSG and the second leg go out there and win. The RB Leipzig, Atletico Madrid, I think, you know, Atletico could come back the next leg and, and this is just one game now. You know, Barcelona was never coming back six goals down. <laughs> anyway, but, you know, it, it's it's so much more entertaining because these these teams can't sit back and that's exactly what City did and they got you know, they, they paid for it. But these teams have to play more. They have to go for it. That's what Bayern did against Barcelona, and it paid off in spades. And City instead decided to be almost playing like it was two legs. Let's get through this first leg, and we'll play a second leg, and it didn't happen. Hell, I think Pep thought it was. <laughs> but, you know, it, so I, I don't know. I, I think that this, this firepower of Bayern is just going to be too much. And we're going to have Byron probably walk away with the Champions League as their sixth Champions League. Now, I would say the final I want is Leon Leipzig because it's such mm-hmm. a rant. That's what I want, too. <laughs> Who would have thought, right? If that's the final, people would be like, that's exactly what I had. Hold on. <laughs> I think the one that I would want the least is PSG Leon because I don't think that would be close. Yeah. Oh, it's close. It's close after what I just watched uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> It was close. Yeah. Tell you though, Leipzig might, might, Leipzig might, PSG, I mean, Mbappe is really good. And if he can play more than 30, you know, I don't think he'll have the same exact effect um, if he played 30 minutes again. But man, did he change that game? I think but, Leipzig, if, if Timo Werner would have stayed with Leipzig mm-hmm. throughout the Champions League, I could see them winning it. And he probably should have. Chelsea could have waited, to be honest. I mean, like, if he would just say, I'm going to do the Champions League, then get there. It just sounds like he wanted out sooner. But, you know, I feel sorry for Leipzig that they lost such a key player. But, they, you know, they, they did just fine, I guess. Yeah, I think it definitely hurts him in this game, though. I, he would have been a big difference maker. I, I could have seen him in the final with someone like him up top. But I think this is PSG's time. Well, it's interesting. We can have an all-French final, we can have an all-German final, or we could have a German versus France final. So it, it is going to be pretty crazy. Uh, I'm excited. We'll, we'll somehow probably get one out before the Champions League final on, I think it's next Sunday. Uh, Europa League final is on Friday. Yeah, and some Premier League fixture drops, I think. Yeah, there's rumors of a drop-in this week. Um, I don't know, so maybe we can get one done. When are the games? I know Champions League is Tuesday, Wednesday. Are both Europa League games Monday? They're Sunday, no, Monday. Sunday, Monday. Oh, today's Saturday. I completely forgot today was Saturday. It does feel like Sunday for whatever reason. So do you think, like, so when you're talking, and I know there's a lot of money in it doing double or, or two legs, but I do. I mean, like I agree with Jordan that I think that the one off is is a lot of fun, and I think it could be cool to do you know all of them like that next year and having them in the same location. Obviously, and, you know, like kind of like Super Bowl esque, where you have an at one big destination and everybody in Europe goes. I think it's. It's. I think it adds more intrigue. It's. It's. I really like it. I think the negative, the hard part is that in a normal year, mm-hmm. do you wait till the end of all of these team seasons right. to do this? Because where would you go 
during the season. That's true. Because I think that's the hard part. Then do you, but could you also make it where the higher, technically the higher seeded team gets to be the home team? Or is mm-hmm. that not fair? I guess it's, it's, it's like a, I really like it this way. I just, I don't know how they yeah. can do it on a normal year. The way I would do it on a year without the Euros, if it was to happen a year without the Euros, I would, you know, at the end of May, you know, after the league seasons are done, uh, for three weeks or two weeks, you have these teams in a like a neutral place like they have, and you play the games the way they have, midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, and then you have the final, and then it's over. Would you change when the group stages games are played, or would you still play them like October to December, and then you just kind of... I think you could probably spread them out more if you needed to. You could probably spread them for October to February instead and then have the time off for the crazy match fixture, you know, some of the crazy match uh, fixtures in, you know, near the end of the year for makeup games and all that kind of stuff they have to do. And then, yeah, you just have it finish in, uh, you know, I mean, this just started a week ago, right? Wasn't it the 7th? That, that the round of 16 games were. So, that I mean, that's what you would have. You just have the round of 16 on that Friday and then some in the midweek and then some this weekend and you're already at the semis uh, coming up and you would finish it within three to four weeks and then they still have June and July off or whatever. Just give me more. Yeah. Just give me more, like, CBS coverage. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. It sucks that it's, like, they're picking up now. <laughs> Um, as it gets towards the end, yeah, it'll be cool when they're like group stages and, and different, uh, you know, the well, picks. The stuff. only bone I have to pick is with Michael Richards here. Okay, hey, uh, okay, so he's talking about Alfonso Davies, who is fantastic, and he acted like he had no idea where he came from because he couldn't take time to do the research to figure out it was from Vancouver Whitecaps, is where he came from a few years ago. Yes, yeah, Davies is Canadian. From the Vancouver Whitecaps youth team to their team to, uh, you know, to Germany. And it's looking like it's paying off in spades to them because he's already like the best left back in the world. Well, Jordan, you can't really expect Man City to come prepared. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Apparently not. Apparently not. It just kind of struck me as odd because they were all ready to talk up Tyler Adams and they knew he played at Red Bulls or at least character did. And then the next day... Michael Richards had no idea, you know, where Alfonso Davies came from. It's like he just, like, nobody's feeding him this information either, you know? <laughs> well, Carragher's been doing it some, whereas Mike is, this is his first, I think. I, he, he's worked with City. I know he's worked as, like, a special advisor. Oh, uh, I think he was actually on some of the overseas um, coverage as well okay. for ITV or whoever. I don't know. I think he's been somewhere over there. But that's about our show. Um, thought this one would be shorter. Of course, we're again at an hour and a half uh, here. It's pretty much going to be the story, I think, of the of the podcast. So you know, you can reach us obviously if you want to give us your thoughts on twitter.com at stoppage. What are we at? Stoppage show on Twitter. You can reach us on Facebook.com slash Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Email us at stoppagetimeshow at gmail.com or Instagram us at Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Uh, let us know if you're enjoying it. You know, leave us some reviews. 
tell us what we can get better at, you know, um, what we're good at. You know, that's we always like to hear what we're good at, but also tell us what we can get better at. And uh, we will catch you all next time. Kane has stolen him to death. That's what he's there for. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.